universe is weird. I'm kind of freaking out. What the heck is this all about? Infinite, unbounded, sets an agonizing blue on Jetson. We'll never understand half of what we have, and at least that's what I fear. Because the universe is weird. Hello and welcome to the podcast of a sleepless physicist, a podcast about science, academia, and the people behind the studies. I'm Dan Bonser, and this is the first time that I'm sat in front of a microphone all by myself for a little minisode about a bit of science that I've been looking into. In today's episode, I'll be talking about the Diamond Light Source, the UK's largest synchrotron accelerator. We'll talk about its history, how it works, and its relevance in today's scientific industries. So let's dive straight in. Because the universe is weird. Firstly, a bit of background about the facility itself. The Diamond Light Source was first commissioned in the 1990s and was designed by a team at Daresborough Laboratories. The name Diamond was the idea of Mike Poole, who was one of the originators of the project. And it's actually an acronym standing for Dipole and Multipole Output for the Nation at Daresbury. Even though this is a great acronym, it's actually a misnomer because Diamond isn't anywhere near Daresbury, which is a town in Cheshire. But it was named that because it was built to replace a lab which was built there. Diamond is actually built in Oxfordshire, in what some consider to be the heartland of British science. Its neighbours include JET, which is the largest fusion reactor on the planet and the focus of my undergraduate dissertation, and the Central Laser Facility, as well as all the labs at Cullum and Harwell. The building itself is a toroidal shape, which is just science language for donut shape. It has a circumference of nearly 750 metres and covers an area large enough to fit six football pitches inside with room to spare. The main building houses the circular particle accelerator itself as well as all the different experiment stations which are set up around its circumference. These experiment stations are called beam lines because they are designed to use beams of light emitted by the accelerator to power the experiments as I'll explain in a minute. The lab cost about £260 million to build. This covered the cost of the lab buildings, the synchrotron accelerator itself, and the first seven beamlines, of which there is now a total of 32. About 86% of this funding came from the UK government through the Science and Technology Facilities Council, or STFC, and the rest came from the Wellcome Trust, which is a charity that focuses on funding scientific research in the UK. The first beam was fired in January of 2007 and Diamond was officially opened by the Queen that October. To date, it's been used by over 14,000 researchers who have been supported by a permanent staff of 620 engineers and technicians who work tirelessly to keep Diamond in perfect condition. The universe is weird. So how does Diamond actually work and what does it actually do? Synchrotrons, like other particle accelerators, use strong magnetic fields to accelerate charged particles to kinetic energies so high that they approach the speed of light. These kinetic energies are so high that the particles begin to re-emit the energy as photons, which are small particles of light. In Diamond's case, negatively charged electrons are accelerated around its 560 meter long ring until they have a kinetic energy of about 3 giga electron volts. This translates to a speed so close to the speed of light that when I tried to work out exactly how close it was, my calculator could not tell the difference. 
When the electrons are traveling with that much energy, they begin to emit photons in the X-ray and high ultraviolet range, which are then funneled into the beamlines to be used by the research teams. So why do they emit these photons at all? Well, if they didn't emit these photons, they would continue to accelerate and would theoretically exceed the speed of light. However, we know this is impossible because our old friend Albert Einstein proved that the speed of light is a universal constant with his famous equation E equals mc squared. On the surface, this equation just shows that mass and energy are related to each other by this constant c squared, where c is the speed of light. But if you rearrange the equation for c by dividing both sides by the rest mass of the particle m and then square rooting everything, it shows something that's pretty counterintuitive. It proves that mass and energy are really two forms of the same thing and that mass can be considered a form of energy. But that's a story for another time. Each of Diamond's 32 beamlines has a permanent specialised laboratory that is designed to analyse specific types of samples in very specific ways. Each of the beamlines are specialised enough to probably have their own episode, but for now I'll just introduce some of the highlights. Beamline I06 is the nanoscience beamline. It's so precise that, that it can, as its name suggests, accurately measure the properties of materials measuring only a few nanometers across. A nanometer, for context, is a millionth of a millimeter. Things this size include large molecules like carbon nanotubes or fullerenes, which are spheres made up of carbon atoms. The most famous fullerene is Buckminster fullerene, which is a sphere made up of 60 atoms of carbon, which is also known as a buckyball. These large carbon molecules have many possible applications, such as in the production of solar cells and in storing hydrogen for hydrogen fuel cells in electric cars. This beamline can also be used to study nanodevices. These are things which have a specific function on a molecular level, like how specific proteins have specific functions in the human body. The other beamline that I'd like to talk to you about is my personal favourite, which is beamline I08, which is the Soft X-ray Microscopy Lab. This is used for the more buck-wild projects that Diamond's facilities have been used for, as it's used to analyse more delicate samples like historic artefacts and paintings. This is because the X-rays in this beamline are strong enough to penetrate the casing of the documents, but still soft enough to leave the parchment of the document completely intact. This has given us a great new tool with which to safely analyse historic documents and discover knowledge that was thought to be lost. The way Diamond allocates time on the beamlines is really simple. You just have to make a reservation for the exact beamline you need and just wait your turn. Because it's a national facility, it's free at the point of use for any research team that needs it. However, like most great things, there is a bit of a waiting list so it's best to book early. One of Diamond's most common uses, especially recently, is its ability to analyse virus samples to isolate their molecular structures with a sensitivity of about 10,000 times higher than a standard microscope. Diamond is the only facility in the UK that can reach these kinds of resolutions and therefore its microscopy labs are very highly sought after by virologists and epidemiologists. For example, Diamond has been at the forefront of the fight against HIV since 2010, when researchers from Imperial College London used data they obtained from Diamond to determine the mechanism that HIV uses to infect human and animal cells. 
this work formed the first step in finding even more effective treatments for HIV, to the point that now it's very possible to be HIV positive, but have such a low amount of the virus that it's impossible to pass on to others. This is called having an undetectable viral load, and means that those with the virus can still live completely normal lives other than having to take a pill once a day. This also links in with the research about buckyballs from earlier, as it's thought that buckyballs could be used to catch and store the HIV virus in a similar way to how they store hydrogen. If the virus can be caught and stored in this way, this will obviously mean that it can't then be transmitted onto others. Diamond has also been used by, by a team in 2011 to study the human histamine H1 receptor protein. This data was used to adapt the way that antihistamines are developed in order to interact with these receptors more effectively and therefore make allergy medications safer, less likely to cause side effects, and even to be so specialised that it's able to target specific individual allergies. More recently, Diamond has been used in the rush to study and understand the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is responsible for the current pandemic of COVID-19. The X-ray crystallography beamlines have been used to map the surface of the virus, Virologists can then use this data to assist in developing a vaccine by analysing possible sites on the surface. This can then be used to determine the type of antibodies that would make effective treatments, which is the first step in developing a vaccine to the virus. This research is obviously still ongoing, and if you're interested in reading any more on this or any of Diamond's other research, I would very much recommend the articles on its website. They, they have articles aimed at scientists, journalists, and the public, and I'd very much recommend all of them, as they're always being updated and they're really interesting. The universe is weird. I hope you enjoyed this little dive into the Diamond facility. As I was researching it, I kept finding more and more interesting stuff, so I highly doubt this is the last time that you'll ever hear me talking about it. If you'd like to hear more interesting discussions from all corners of the scientific spectrum, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you happen to be listening to it. Thank you to Hank Green and the Perfect Strangers for the use of their song The Universe is Weird as the intro and outro of this podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DSBonser, and you can follow this podcast on Facebook by searching Podcast of a Sleepless Physicist. Thank you for listening, stay safe, and I'll see you next time. With that, I'll sign off. Yeah.